Welcome back. Final hour. Final hour of the Bill Michael Show. Glad to have you. Bucks tonight coming up against the uh, the Boston Celtics and the Bucks trying to uh, at least stop or slow down Al Horford. And a Horford, 26 points per game, 64% uh, beyond the uh, three line for field goal percentage. And uh, over the last couple of games, he's uh, been just torching the box, for lack of a better term. Got to do something different. Hey, uh, speaking of something different, uh, we all know the schedule release for the NFL schedule tomorrow, 7 o'clock Central Time on the NFL Network. 7 o'clock Central Time on the NFL Network, so that's when you're going to get the full Packers schedule. Um, tomorrow, they're going to have guests as they may have this made-for-TV show of schedule release. Rather than just saying, here you go, they're going to highlight all these games and such. Uh, so you're going to have tomorrow, the guests tomorrow on the program are going to be the Rams quarterback, Matthew Stafford, uh, Chargers safety, Derwin James, Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Cam Hayward, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Saints quarterback Jameis Winston, uh, NFL Network and CBS Sports analyst Nate Burleson, Mike Tirico of Sunday Night Football, Franco Harris, the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back from the Steelers, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back from the uh, Dolphins, Larry Zonka, and Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. And also a former NFL player and current German journalist Bjorn Warner. From Allianz Arena. And he's going to talk about the uh, the games coming to Munich, Germany. So that's all going to happen tomorrow night as the full schedule, re- schedule release is going to happen for the NFL, which we're all looking forward to. We all know that. Who, what, where, when. That's what we want to know. Who are they playing? What time? Where is it going to be? And what when, What time? When, when is it going to happen? What day? And we're going to go. Can't wait for uh, the a, incredibly insightful comments LaFleur is sure to give. I know. Just like at the podium. Yeah, I'm, I I wonder what they're going to ask him about. You know, I wonder what they're going to ask him about. That's kind of what I'm 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 thinking is, are you going to ask about the schedule? What does your team look like? I mean, you're going to get all the stand pat answers. Uh, I would love to see them say, you know, hey, you're going to be facing uh, the coach that had the team prior to you, Mike McCarthy, coming back to Lambeau Field. What will that be like facing a guy that had a ch- has a championship with that team that you currently coach? Oh, I really appreciate the opportunity and, you know, a lot of yeah. respect for what Mike's done. He obviously has, you know, did a lot for right. this organization. I look forward to welcoming them. Right. Now, if you want to really make it a, a, a stance, can you say, you know, hey, Mike McCarthy never took that team to three consecutive NFC championship games. And, you know, and he's uh, obviously uh, always said, you know, you got to protect the home. You have taken them there, but you haven't been able to get them to a Super Bowl. And you can't even protect your home after getting everything to fall in your direction. What's the problem? <laughs> so, you really want to go in there? Yeah, okay. There you, you go. You know why I'm bitter is because I there just is not enough drop board content coming out of the press conferences. I know, right? You know? There's nope. a little bit, but I, I don't know. I need some I, I need, need some something. random need something. stupid comments thrown in that I could play yep. out of context. Ted Thompson would drop some on us every now and then. You know, Ted would Ted would all go off on this little this little tangent of, of what and you're kinda like, Well, what the hell is he talking about? You know? 
and Ted would give you some insight, or he would just never give you insight and babble about stuff. And that was great, too. That was great, too. Uh, Pro Football Rumors is saying that the Packers are eyeing a veteran wide receiver. Could that possibly be Odell Beckham Jr. come midseason? I, now, see, I've said that all along, that if if by chance, and I don't think they get anything done, or I, I, I take that back, I think they get something done prior to training camp. But if by chance they don't, I can see them, if things don't go immediately the way they thought, go ahead and and get OBJ early. So, therefore, when he's ready to go, he's there. He's already studying your system. I could see that happening. But as of right now, I don't I don't know if I'm going to go in that direction. Um, and this is Don. Don says, uh, thoughts on the November 13th game. Well, that was announced a little earlier today with the Cowboys coming back to Lambeau Field. Mike McCarthy's coming back to Lambeau Field, as we all know. Uh, to me, okay, you know. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of a reception for Mike. I hope people – I get that it didn't end great. But Mike McCarthy did a lot of winning in Green Bay. And I think, for the most part, people appreciate the fact that that group, Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, Dom Capers, you go through that whole list, Aaron Rodgers with Clay Matthews, with A.J. Hawk, with – that offensive line they had with all those guys and Charles Woodson, I hope they, I hope fans appreciate that. Because when that title came back to title town after being gone almost 20 years, um, it was just about 15 years. As a matter of fact, um, Mike and Aaron and Charles and, you know, anybody else that was on that team, wildly celebrated. And I hope people appreciate that. Um, Right? Complicated fellow says, no Troy or Joe calling a game. What will Packers fans complain about? <laughs> I can't imagine. Can't imagine. AO says, uh, what about OBJ or Julio Jones? I, Julio Jones, his better days are behind him by far. I don't think you go in that direction. I really don't. Sorry, but I, I'm not an I, I'm not a Julio Jones fan. He's he, he, he's just lost so much because of injury over the years. He's just lost so much. Um, this is from Pedro. It says, "Do you think the 76ers are out of it because Joel Embiid continues to worry about what Bill Simmons says?" Didn't Bill Simmons kind of? Um, didn't he have some derogatory things to say about Embiid versus uh, Dokic and his play? No. Embiid was talking, so he talked for a while after the game about the MVP and all the stuff other people were saying. His take on the whole thing was he didn't think it was fair that someone like Simmons was voting in the award when on his podcast he has said things like, uh, he brought up some quote about Jalen Green where Simmons said F Jalen Green and how Someone like that who has sway over other media members, what if the person he's talking about, you know, is up for this big award or mm -hmm. uh, an all-star appearance or a Supermax or something like that? Right. Um, it had nothing to do with him. He was just talking about the process as a whole. Yeah, I because I remember Joe, uh, Bill Simmons had some things to say about the award, 
And I can't re- it, it was like earlier this year, I thought somebody brought something up. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I thought they said that Bill Simmons, I mean, but Bill Simmons rips everybody. There's guys he likes and guys he doesn't like. We all understand that. But he rips kind of everybody. He's kind of like all over the board. But it's not like the guy doesn't know basketball. You know what I mean? Have you ever listened to Bill Simmons? He knows basketball. I agree. So, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. When you start worrying about that that type of person, um, I, I, your focus is not on, on basketball. You know? Uh, and Bede said, this is something I knew weeks ago, even probably two weeks ago before the season ended after those games against Denver and Milwaukee when ESPN's uh, Tim uh, Bontemps did his straw poll or whatever. I just knew it wasn't going to happen. Obviously, congrats to Nikolai, uh, and he deserved it. He's had an amazing season. There's no right or wrong here. There's just a lot of candidates. It could have gone either way. Giannis, Devin Booker being on the best team in the league by far, so I guess every year it's all about whatever you guys decide, whatever fits the narrative as far as who's going to win. See, when guys say it fits the narrative, that means there's some kind of a conspiracy behind it. What's the narrative? Well, I will say... I've heard this from three or four different people now. What is the narrative? That would be my question. When you say the narrative, what's the narrative? It's just a vote on who people feel the MVP is. He could be talking about like a Russell Westbrook situation where averaging a triple-double is suddenly this amazing thing and maybe could overshadow another great season where someone had eight rebounds instead of ten. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um. He said, but to me, the only thing I'll say about these awards is that until I don't know how to explain it, I go back to what I heard on a podcast. Bill Simmons basically saying it sounded like he had a grudge against somebody saying F. Jalen Green. If you're going to allow those types of people to vote on these awards, that's not fair. What if Jalen Green was in a position to earn a Supermax or, I don't know, an all-star appearance? You've got somebody sounding like that and has a lot of power. He can sway a lot of other media members, and you got somebody saying that type of stuff. I don't think it's fair, and I don't think it's okay. That's really not the only thing I'll say about these awards, or that's really the only thing I'll say about these awards. I'm not mad. The last two years in a row, I put myself in that position. It didn't happen. It's almost like at this point, it's whatever, whatever happens, happens. Last year, I campaigned about it. This year, I answered questions when I was asked. And the next, you know, few years before I retire, it's almost like I don't know what else I have to do to win it. To me, it's just whatever. It's all about, well, not uh, that I wasn't focusing on the bigger picture, but it's really time to really put all my energy into the bigger picture, which is to win this whole thing. I get it. He, look, if you feel you've done everything, that's all you can do. You can't do anything more than that. I agree with that 100%. You can't, you can't fight your days worrying about what other people think of you. Because eventually, the statistics and everything else are eventually going to win out. You don't have to look any further than, say, like Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff, all the accolades they got last year. They didn't, sometimes they didn't get run support. Their win totals, they didn't win 20 games, 22 games, 24 games. It wasn't like that, but they were recognized for what it is they did when it came to a Cy Young. Usually Cy Young award winners are 22, 23, 24-game winners. But we saw what happened last year. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 
Uh, I want to give you a shout uh, also to Duke. Duke says, not worried about this Bucks game, to- Bucks game tonight. Going to have a glass of bourbon, a good cigar, and sitting outside just like you smoking it and watching my Bucks come home victorious. Duke, you the man. On that note, we got Kevin Holden from CBS 58. is going to be joining us when we come back. Stay tuned for that. Our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley, they are continuing to renovate. It is getting bigger and better, but you got to tear it down before you can build it back and build it back bigger and beautiful. That's what they're doing. But they're still open. Stoley's Hog Alley out in Oconomowoc. You can still stop in, take your picture in the giant chair, get a few good beverages, something to eat. But watch that thing come to life as each day they're removing stuff, they're tearing it down just to rebuild it and make it all brand new for you. Check out Stoley's Hog Alley out in Summit in Oconomowoc and Stoles 0109 up in Watertown, which is another tremendous place. And I'm sure they got the great big windows, the big garage door windows open today, as a matter of fact. So if you want to go watch the game and you're out in that Watertown area tonight, stop by. Hang in there. A lot more. we got Kevin Holden, CBS 58. He is going to join us. That is coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, another team that's uh, efforting towards the postseason, they're in it, and they're in it to win it. That's our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals. Keep paying attention to them. Admirals hockey, they are in the postseason, up on the moose. So uh, you get through this series, you're going to be coming back home. Look for Admirals tickets against the Manitoba Moose or anybody else, for that matter, as they head towards the Calder Cup. Everything that is this, that is the Milwaukee Admirals, go to milwaukeeadmirals.com. That is milwaukeeadmirals.com. Best of luck as they continue on. And their quest for a Calder Cup, and then the big announcement that uh, the uh, Blackhawks, uh, an NHL exhibition game, coming to Milwaukee as well. So, uh, you know, best of luck to the Milwaukee Admirals. Joining us now over on the hotline, our good buddy Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Uh, Kevin, how you doing? Bill, it's all good, man. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll am i tell you that I'm between sets at the gym, and I'm talking to you because Drew has disappeared, presumably to do a bunch of push-ups, Drew Burgoyne. So uh, we're good until he sees me, and then I might be in trouble. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. When you do see him, tell him uh, we need our official weather forecaster for the motorcycle ride again this year. So we're going to be calling on his services at some point for sure. Hey, uh, let, let's start off with uh, Brewers baseball. The Brewers uh, hit a bump on the road in Atlanta. Uh, they ended up losing two out of three. They uh, lost the first one against Cincinnati. Bounced back last night, albeit Devin Williams doesn't look real good. There have been a couple of hiccups this year. And then they started getting shelled today until Christian Yelich brought him back within four. They're down seven to three as we currently speak. Give me your thoughts on the Brewers, where they stand right now, and how things, offensively anyway, seem to be coming around. Yeah, I think that's where the where the biggest thing was, and it goes back to that Red Series at home, the the the, the one where they scored eighteen on the Wednesday and then ten more on the Thursday, and then went out on the road. I think that uh, sometimes it's a matter of confidence, right? I mean, you have to have the hitters to make a lineup, but those hitters have to feel that level of confidence. And sometimes if one guy gets hot or two guys get hot, that changes everything. And uh, Rowdy Tellez sort of started this with that massive eight RBI game. And it's interesting how, you know, those eight RBIs count for that day. Like they're done after that day. But the effect on the team, the effect on confidence continues for, for days and sometimes weeks at a time. And, yeah, the fact that uh, that they're giving up a lot of runs right now 
is, uh, you know, in these last couple games is a thing. But, uh, you know, if they keep scoring, you know they'll be fine. Also, uh, Devin Williams, do you have any concern for him right now? I've had a little bit uh, during the year. And there's – with Williams, the weird thing is he'll have an outing. He had a, a Sunday outing a couple of weeks ago uh, that was on Telemundo, and he just struggled enough that they had to get him out of there uh, in the eighth inning. And I thought, man, that that guy doesn't look like the guy – who is dominating against, I mean, really lefties and righties have got that change up. And, I mean, he's just tough to hit normally. So seeing what you saw last night tells you that that wasn't just a one-time thing, that there are appearances where this is happening for him. That's, you know, it, it's coming back to him more often than not. Well, not more often than not, but enough to be a concern. So, yeah, the answer is there is a little bit of concern. I like that Craig Council's letting him try to work it out because I don't think he's at the position yet where uh, – where it's going to be like, you know, some sort of demotion, but a couple more bad outings could get you there. Uh, Also, we've seen uh, the bat of Christian Yelich begin to heat up again today, a three-run bomb that he ended up hitting. Uh, Boy, uh, we we read that article from Adam McAlvey where the, uh, the, the fact that the ball is bouncing off of his bat for a long time, it was just heading into the ground. It seems like things are starting to turn around a little bit for Chris. I don't want to say it, proclaim him back, but it seems like, knock on wood, things are starting to turn around for Christian Yelich. And it was, it's the right kind of turnaround because when you have hitters that, that all of a sudden will jump up and for two or three or four at-bats will look terrific and then go right back to their old ways, that's a little different. Uh, you know, it's, it's breaking out of a slump but not on a long-term way. And what Yelich has done uh, in these last couple of weeks, you see ball after ball after ball leaving the bat with an exit below in the triple digits. That's wonderful. Now you do that you know, time and time again, you're going to get hits no matter where that ball goes. So uh, that's to me is the is the most exciting part of it is that it's regular consistent hard contact you mentioned the part about knocking it into the ground i think the timing mechanism has been strange for him uh going really back to the to the knee injury when he when he you know broke the kneecap in 2019 i mean that's since then the timing mechanism has been a little bizarre for him and so if that part's coming around (coughs) excuse me you've got a guy uh, who can be one of your one of the team leaders? If he isn't a league leader, and he's certainly a team leader, and that's what they need right now. Let's turn our sights back over to Bucks basketball. Bucks in Beantown. We know it's Game Five. Uh, the the winner of this game, more than seventy percent of the time, ends up winning the series. I say this game's a must win because the Bucks have really, in the last three contests, even though they won one of them, have not played great basketball. Their shots haven't been consistently falling, and it seems like they're really missing Chris Middleton. Is this a must win tonight, in your opinion? Absolutely. And there are a couple of, of different, I mean, just the, the numbers of the series to be down 3-2 and have to win two straight is, is one thing. But what's happened in this series is the Celtics, they, they play with some emotion. And, and the Celtics seem to play better when they have something to capitalize on. They seem to play better when, you know, after there was that contact between Marcus Smart and Giannis and the whole, like, I'm going to help you up or I'm not or whatever. Like, when that motivates the other team, that's a bit of a concern. So if the Bucks lose game five, the Celtics are faced with this. They're faced with you could end a Bucks season in six and turn their catchphrase on them. To me, that's extra motivation. If the Celtics win game five, I think they are as motivated for game six as they've been for anything in Milwaukee in this series. And we know how tough that has been uh, against uh, the Celtics in the fourth quarter. Game three, game four was a combined 77 fourth quarter points. That could happen again. So if you do that with a 3-2 lead, 
it's a little different on the mindset. But if you come back with a 3-2 deficit, that's, that is really difficult, more so in this series than most. A lot of people talking about the use of George Hill over Bobby Portis in the minute that you, in the minutes that George Hill got in this last contest, and Budenholzer talked about his defensive prowess and trusting him, and I still think that it's just kind of having another coach on the floor, and it goes back to the days when he had him when he was in uh, San Antonio and such, and they've always had that really good relationship. Do you think they need to go back to Bobby Portis and play more of those, quote, Bobby Portis energy minutes? I mean, that's if you're, if you're thinking of the thing – the ingredients, the thing that's missing from the soup, the thing that makes it taste just right from last season. I mean, P.J. Tucker aside, because you don't have that as a choice, but Bobby Portis, crazy-eyed Bobby Portis, doing crazy-eyed things in those playoff games is one of the biggest energizers that the Bucks had. And I know Bud hasn't considered it a huge deal, the number of minutes in the rotation and that kind of thing, but Portis is a guy – that will give you energy at a time when you've had a just a knockdown drag out series, one where every game has been physical. Sometimes you get through those games and those series with adrenaline. And I think Bobby Portis is the guy to deliver it. Hopefully the other parts come together for him because if they do, if he turns into that Bobby Portis from last year, he's good enough to, to give him just enough push, I think, to get him over the top. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on Drew Holiday and what he's done so far. It, it, he just seems to be, like, struggling. His shot just isn't falling. And I understand you still have to go and you still have to keep shooting. But it seems like some of the shots they've taken, they've been rushed, they've been hurried, they've been ill-advised, and they're still not getting those hustle buckets. They're not getting those second-chance opportunities. Give me your thoughts right now on Drew Holiday. Yeah, 5 for 22 is – when you see it, 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 it cannot make you feel good. There just is no – there's no world where that set of numbers from one of the key pieces of your team makes you feel good. Now, you go back with the rest of the line score. He scored 16, and we know what Drew does defensively, that kind of thing. So he's a guy who will always be there because he'll always give you something. But if he's giving you those other things, the defense, you know, the other intangibles, but is going 5 for 22 – it is difficult, and it's it's one of those things that you know Drew has been around long enough that you know he knows he's going to shoot his way out of this, and I, I believe he will. I think you know overall, I don't think he's been bad for them in the series, but from literally from a point scored standpoint, uh, especially with Middleton gone, and you need that other option, uh, that's where he's going to have to improve, and that really has to start tonight, honestly, because game five you're going to need you know something a little. Uh, I call it like the 60-40 rule. If you could match up with someone at 50-50, but then you're in their house and it's game five, you need 60-40 to win this one. And that they'll need Drew to score a lot of points for them to have that 60-40. I, I think the Bucs, uh, and again, I have picked the Celtics to win. I think the Bucs come out on fire, but I think it's going to be real indicative. The first quarter and the third quarter and the first few minutes of the fourth quarter in this game since – the Bucks have gotten off the leads, only to see those leads evaporate. And then what I'm looking for is this time if you get a lead uh, and a significant lead in the third quarter, I think the Bucks have got to come out and be able to protect that lead. That's the biggest thing for me. If they watch it get frittered away, I think then what we're going to do is see uh, a repeat of what we just witnessed. So to me, it's the first, it's the third, and it's the first few minutes of the fourth quarter that are going to become so important tonight. Do you agree? I agree with it. And, and really, honestly, if you can just string two together, like if it's first and second or it's third and fourth, uh, you, you could make one of those more important than the other if you can string two together. The last time in this series that the Bucks outscored the Celtics in back-to-back quarters were the first two quarters of game one. It has not happened since, which means every time the Bucks outscored the Celtics in a quarter since then, they get outscored the following quarter. So 
it's the string, and, you, and you're hitting on that when you're talking about the third and then keeping the momentum in the fourth so that doesn't slip away like it did in games three and four. Uh, that consistency over a couple of quarters is an enormous difference maker. I don't think if this streak continues, if they can't outscore them in, in consecutive quarters for the rest of the series, I don't know if they can win the series. Do you think that uh, Budenholzer has the, 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 the nod, so to speak, when it comes to the head coaching adjustments, or do you think that maybe because of times when he just refuses to adjust, then that is a detriment to him? I mean, it's, what I'm asking basically is, do you give the coaching nod to Budenholzer? Yeah, he's a, he's a system guy, and, and it's interesting because, you know, when there's, when there's issues defending the three or when the Bucks go through, you know, different, different bad stretches in different parts of their game, it becomes a, sort of a likely target to say something about Bud, about the style, about the lack of adjustments. And I'd say compared to others, there probably are fewer adjustments. But he's got a group of guys that he knows can succeed in the system that he has, and he doesn't want to deviate from that. And I, there's some respect for that, too. It's, it doesn't make you the most popular guy game to game. But uh, the long-term success is still there. So I, I give a coaching nod to Bud. He's done enough uh, and, and won enough series now with the Bucks, where I, don't, I really don't put a lot of blame his way when there's a bad stretch. Tonight, who's the MVP and why? I, I mean, this is going to sound super simplistic, but it's Giannis because Giannis still has this extra gear, this extra way when it's absolutely necessary to go and do – superhuman things to score 50 in a game that wins you a championship like that's you know and again that's that's not there's not a lot of strategy in that but the point is the Bucks know if they're going to win the series they got to put this thing on Giannis's shoulders and just go like just say all right you know you you sleep on the plane we'll ice you down do whatever we got to do but just take that pounding play as many minutes as you can and if you could drop another one of those 42 and 15s or something like that that could be a difference maker Giannis is still you know, a generational talent. I, I hate to say that word. We, we're finished with the NFL draft, but I'm still using draft terminology. He is a generational talent. Great stuff as always. Go back to working out. Uh, tell Drew we'll be touching base with him, okay? He walked by me. He said, he said, give him a message. And then he glared at me because I left a couple of free weights out in the middle of the floor. <laughs> I can understand that. He, he, I can understand that. He's one of those weight etiquette dudes, no doubt. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. There you go. That's our buddy Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us, giving us a lowdown and his thoughts on both Brewers and Bucks. Big night, a big game coming up tonight, Game 5 in Boston. Going to be happening later on this evening. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends uh, over there at Wabam. Go to W-A-B-A-M. Go to Wabam. Go to Wabam.com. Get Wabam.com. Great cleaning supplies, but I'm telling you, if you own a car, you own a boat, you own a motorcycle, and you want to polish, you want to clean it up, and you make it shine bright and nice, and then you want to be able to really easily get the bug blech off of it, it's a great product. You just have to discover it. Take a chance on it. Go to getwabam.com. You can also find it out there at uh, Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc. Just walk in. It's right by the uh, parts counter. But go to getwabam.com. Getwabam. W-A-B-A-M. Go to get wabam.com that is get wabam.com and see for yourself stay tuned we still got a couple more segments of the program coming up next covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network
Glad to have you back. Hey, coming up next week, next Thursday, a week uh, from tomorrow, as a matter of fact, we're going to be live. We're going to be at uh, the Social House uh, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Uh, it's going to be their grand reopening, but their entire weekend, 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we are going to be uh, the recipient. We, being the Fisher House, Wisconsin, are going to be the recipient of uh, their monetary donations, so to speak. They're going to take a portion of their proceeds for the weekend, and they're going to donate it to Fisher House, Wisconsin. In addition to that, they are also uh, going to uh, have a big uh, 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 tap takeover. And the tap takeover for all the beers that are bought, they're going to donate some money out of the beers that are bought for the weekend. And in addition to that, they're going to pass the big donation pot, and extra money will be thrown into that, and it's going to be for Fisher House, Wisconsin. So please, if you're going to go out and support anybody, maybe see the grand reopening of a Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Our broadcast will kick things off live there a week from tomorrow morning. A live there on the 19th, a week from tomorrow morning. Going to be live at Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We're going to be there, but all weekend long, all the proceeds go to uh, Fisher House, Wisconsin. And we want to get you registered for the motorcycle ride that is upcoming on Sunday, September 4th. Sunday, September 4th. Please go get pre-registered. Go to the Facebook page, uh, which is simply facebook.com slash bigunitpokerrun. Facebook.com slash bigunitpokerrun. And right there on the side is uh, on the side of the page is the uh, the link to get pre-registered. The link to get pre-registered. It's the 15th annual Big Unit Poker Run benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. It's our anniversary year, and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Our second stop is going to be Alpine Valley Resort, and we got a lot more details to come about that. It's different. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please come out and join us. Again, go to big or excuse me, facebook.com slash run, and right there on the side of the page, you can get registered and you can do it now. And it's cheaper to get registered now than it is the actual day of. The day of, it's 25 bucks a person. If you register now and you're going to have somebody on the back of your bike, 25 bucks a bike, and then uh, the additional person on the back is uh, 15 bucks. So you get a $10 discount there just by pre-registering. And you are then, you, only those who pre-register, are eligible to win one of four prize packages. One of them being a uh, bucks and... Uh, Admiral's prize package, ticket package, another one being a Brewer's ticket package, another one being a Badger's and a tailgate party ticket package, and another one being a racing ticket package, which is for IndyCar and NASCAR. So please, please, please go get registered. You have some incentive there to do it. We want to reward you for doing it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. We'd be glad to have you. Um, got a couple more things here. Uh, this one, the email just came in uh, as we were going to break. Uh, this one is from Jimmy. Jimmy says, uh, hey, Bill, what about Marcus Smart? This is a guy that's been banged up, but yet he continually comes back and plays hard. Why can't Chris Middleton be doing this? Jimmy, I get where you're coming from. Others have said, hey, he's been down a while. They were going to reevaluate him in a couple of weeks. I understand it. This was, and I think, Ben, you got it. This, will, this is what was said about Chris Middleton and his preparation to possibly come back, but more so just what he's doing right now. Has been out since April 20th when he played in 
game two against the Chicago Bulls. Remember, the injury is an MCL sprain on his left knee. I talked to head coach Mike Boonholzer before the game and asked just for an update. He said that there's very little to update or change in terms of his progress, but that he is doing a little bit more each day. He's been doing all the court things for the last several days now, including shooting and dribbling. I asked him what more specifically has he done as he's progressed, and he said after thinking for a few moments, very light contact. So, guys, he's headed in the right direction. There you go. Headed in the right direction. Now, remember, April 20th, remember when they had the injury initially, it said three to six weeks, right? Today is three weeks. It's on the very, very short end. Today is three weeks. I don't think he comes back in the series, regardless of, say, a game seven. I don't think it happens, which next week at this time would be four weeks. I still don't think it happens if he's going through just very little contact right now. My guess is he could come back for the Eastern Conference Finals because six weeks um, would be June 1st. June 1st would be six weeks. So it seems like he's been out a long time, but in essence, in reality, he hasn't. He's on the very short end of a a pretty severe, I'm not going to say severe because I don't know the severity, but what they said was a significant MCL sprain. So that's the short period of time. I got to think it's going to be at least three more weeks before we see him go to June 1st. Just, Just my thoughts, but I... It's it's not as if he's out there running around, jumping around. He's backing down guys and all kinds of stuff. So I'm I'm just I don't think Chris Middleton's walking through that door anytime soon. Just my thought. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, by the way, the Reds played at a run last inning. The Reds up eight to four over the Brewers right now. Eight to four over the Brewers right now, uh, with Ono Omar Narvaez at the plate, and this is in the top of the sixth inning. Eight to four, and the Brewers trying to get the uh, the rubber game in this three game series down in Cincinnati before they then head down to Miami for a series as well. And uh, coming off of that huge ro- homestand where they banged twenty home runs, and they were able to just pitch dynamite and just put bad teams away, uh, and now. You go to Atlanta, you lose two. You'd hate to lose two in Cincinnati. Go down to Miami, a Miami team that's not playing terrible baseball. Uh, they're not the old, you know, craptastic Miami Marlins. But then again, they're also not the, the, uh, the you know, the 3 Yankees either. But uh, you, you'd like to see the Brewers be able to come back and get this one, uh, by all means. 877-867-1670. And, yes, Adrian Hauser today, very, very short stint. Four innings, six runs, or six hits, seven runs today. Had four walks, three strikeouts, threw 90 pitches in four innings. Struggled mightily today. Uh, 51 for strikes. Had uh, all th- uh, three, by the way, three of those seven runs were earned runs. Only three. Brewers making a couple of uh, couple of errors today as well. Two of them, as a matter of fact. So the Brewers right now trailing 8-4, to four, top of the sixth. There you go with one out. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. Getting you ready for tonight's Game 5. They are in Beantown. Bucks, Celtics, and you got to have this one coming up tonight. Got to have this one. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Hanging out right after this. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Final segment. Excited. Getting excited for tonight's contest. Got a couple of meetings today and then uh, heading back to the house. And uh, I think I'm going to, I think I am going to fire up the grill tonight. Outside, it, although it does say that it uh, currently is 84 degrees out back. But I don't care. By tonight, by what, 6, uh, six o'clock? What time is tip time tonight, Ben? Six. So six? By 6 o'clock tonight, Ben? 6.04, 6.05. Likely. Should be good. Should be down a little bit. That's okay. Sit outside, throw some shorts on, T-shirt, turn the TV on, be good to go. Ugh. Must be nice. Can't wait. <laughs> also tonight, uh, the Warriors can close it out. We haven't really talked about that, but uh, the Warriors up three games to one on the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, the Warriors can close it out tonight. They are in Memphis this evening. That is an 8 o'clock or 8.30 tip time. Both games on TNT tonight. So you could be watching that game close things out. Meanwhile, you got the 76ers and the Heat going to be back at it. What is that? Uh, is that tomorrow or is that Friday? That's tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. tomorrow night? Yep. Yeah. And the Suns and Mavericks, too, as a matter of fact. And uh, Phoenix leads that series against the Mavericks three games to two. And the Suns, I mean, dominated last night. Wasn't even close. Mavericks just took a beat down just like the uh, 76ers did. So the 76ers trailing that series three games to two. So uh, they can close that thing out. So we'll uh, we'll see maybe tomorrow. You know, the only series that could be still going after tomorrow could be the Bucs and the Celtics. They could be the standalone series. Until everything settles down, then you're going to have the Eastern and the Western Conference Finals. But the Warriors and Grizzlies, if the Warriors win tonight, they're done. They then wait. If the Mavericks lose tomorrow, then they play, the Warriors would play the Suns. So they're going to kind of wait for that series to get underway. And if the Heat win tomorrow night, then they close out the 76ers and they sit back and wait for the winner of the uh, the Boston-Milwaukee uh, series. So a lot of waiting going on if this thing uh, continues on the way it is. But we'll see. So Celtics minus five and a half tonight. You like them to cover? I do. If you had to pick a side. I think I'm going to yeah. take the Bucks side of it. I think it's going to be close, but Boston's going to make the plays in the end. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I still go back to first quarter. Do they get a lead and hang on to it? Third quarter. Do they have a lead and hang on to it and how they play in the first four or five minutes of the fourth quarter? That's, you know, that's what I'm paying most attention. I'm not even paying attention to, you know, like, like Al Horford and such. I'm just, I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm just – you got to have Drew Holiday look as if he's starting to hit. I think Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton have to really kind of pick up the, the the bench. Pat Connaughton with 11 points in that last contest, he can only do so much. But you, you've got to have Grayson Allen give you more than seven points. You have to. Um, Got to get a couple of defensive stops. I get that. You know, George Hill came in and played. He had five points. He was minus six on the plus-minus war chart. Uh, the only guy that really played well was Carter. I don't know why they don't. I know he does. He's, Carter's not going to be any kind of a scorer. 
But sometimes you just need to stop the bleeding. You need some defense. Carter's not a bad way to go. I do that. But only getting one minute? I like to see him play more. And then obviously Bobby Portis. I want to see him get some more minutes as well. Bobby Portis uh, only with four points. And Bobby Portis, he was in long. He had seven shots. Don't get me wrong. He was 0 for 1 beyond the arc. And he wasn't really hitting shots either. But I'd like to see Bobby Portis get into a groove. Get him back. Because then when you come home and he's feeling that groove, he's feeling that, 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 that confidence, boy, I tell you what, Bobby Portis is a loved figure in Milwaukee. Uh, he hits a couple of big shots. He can bring the house down. I mean, Giannis always does with a big dunk or a steal or something like that. Everybody loves to get, you know, all pumped up over that. But Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, those are the guys that can bring it home. And I'd love to see Bobby Portis get back into a groove coming up tonight as well. So tip time just after six tonight. Uh, Brewers not looking too good. Not looking too good. Eight to four right now, bottom of the sixth. And a tough day today uh, via the hill for uh, for the Brewers. Not the best way to start the day. Uh, today, you ended up having Adrian Hauser go four innings, six hits, seven runs. Only three of them earned as the uh, Brewers committed a couple of costly errors today. Milner came in. He pitched an inning, gave up a run, one hit, had an error, uh, or only one earned run to his name. Uh, and Suter is on the hill right now with a third of an inning under his belt. And he's given up a hit. But uh, the the Brewers, while they plated four runs, and don't forget Christian Yelich, by the way, on the day, Christian Yelich is three for three with a bomb. With a three-run dinger, scored one, obviously. But he's three for three on the day, has the batting average up to 255 now. 255. Willie Adamas, who had been just smoking the ball, uh, has watched his average fall consistently. He is now 0 for three on the day with a strikeout. Um, so there you have it. I still have um, that Yelich over under written down 15 homers, 15 homers, which he's, he's, he's he approaching. Five. Yeah. He's got five on a season. He's a third of the way there. And we're not even a third of the way through the season. So he might break that and let's hope that he does. Let's hope that he does. You know what? It's funny. Cause once we throw the, throw the bet down, usually that's when things start to matriculate. Maybe we should just take a massive bet and say, yeah, the bucks aren't even going to win the series. And then all of a sudden the Bucks just reel off two straight wins. They reel off a couple more wins and move on to an NBA Finals and win it in back-to-back seasons, which then it would just prove us wrong, and I'd take that in a heartbeat. All right, yeah, but it, <laughs> I'd take that in a heartbeat. If I win, I get one of those uh, window-installed air conditioning units. How about that? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, got, I can probably find one of those for you. I'll buy it off a of marketplace. <laughs> See if it still works. <laughs> those things aren't even that much, though, are they? No. What is a, what is a window unit? 300 bucks? Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. It's a disaster. If you're just tuning us in, poor Ben, uh, his apartment complex has decided not to turn the air conditioning on. Uh, Not until another, what, week and a half? May 19th. Just eight days. But as was said in the so great, gracious email we got, uh, it's supposed to be colder next week, so we'll be able to sleep. Oh, Oh, yay. Yay. Like, if you go with... Uh, a mid-sized window from like Walmart, it's 154 bucks. You can buy an LG Electronics 5000 BTU, 169. The little portable one you just stick in your room, it's like 80. Um, then there's the Frigidaire 162, which Frigidaire is a good brand. Uh, it doesn't have all the electronics to it, and they're they're a better better made brand. You can have that delivered uh, in two days. They can drop it off, 162 bucks. So 
Yeah, I'm out. You know of what? There. Well, you're you're moving anyway, right? I'm out of there in three weeks anyway, so I'm counting okay. the days. Where are you moving? To? Are you moving into a house? Or are no. you moving into okay? Other side of town though, and a different apartment, a place okay. with air conditioning. All right, you know. Okay, well, good, good for there. Well, then you know what? If you're moving, then I won't buy one. Otherwise, if you if you need it, uh, that'll that'll be your Christmas bonus. We'll fire up an air conditioning <laughs> unit for you. We'll have it shipped out to your address. I'll All do right. that. So there you go. So that's going to do it for today. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to have a lot of reaction to Game Five, and we'll get your we'll take your pulse tomorrow as the Bucks and the Celtics series continues tonight. We'll take your pulse tomorrow. We'll see what uh, the Brewers can do. Can they come back and get this win? You lose two out of, after having such a successful homestand. You lose two out of three to Atlanta, and if by chance it remains the same, you end up losing two out of three to Cincinnati. Now you're heading down to Miami. Uh, what do you make of this team? You know, they're still on top, still in the division. Is it just baseball? Is that all you're saying? Ah, it's baseball. No big deal. No big deal. Plus tomorrow, don't forget, it's the anticipation as we start to talk about the possibilities and where they could play and when they're going to play and all that kind of stuff. How you want to see the schedule shake out because we will be on the cusp of hearing the NFL's announcement as to the uh, release party for all the schedules in the NFL as well. Can't wait for tomorrow. Can't wait for tomorrow. Can't wait for Friday. But it should be a good one. Hey, uh, go to uh, go to the Facebook fan page, the website, all that kind of good stuff. Don't forget, if you know somebody who's a motorcycle rider, uh, pre-registration is open. Please, please uh, go ahead and get pre-registered for the motorcycle ride. If you don't ride, that's okay. Tell somebody who does. We ride for veterans. We ride for military members and their families coming up Sunday, September 4th. And we are really looking forward to it, our 15th anniversary. That'll do it. Go Bucks! Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.